0: BMW, it's Melissa and Stephanie Karkache, the founders of Millennial Women and the host of Millennial Women Talk. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode.
1: This Millennial Women Talk was recorded in front of a live audience in the WeWork offices in WeWork Culver City, California. We had the chance to have an open and vulnerable conversation with some of the most incredible Millennial Women of Los Angeles about the
0: power of words and how to be conscious about how we use them. It was an honor to have the creator and founder of Wordiful, Liz Hernandez, to lead us in this powerful conversation. There were so many insightful moments, but here are some of our favorite highlights. How much power do we have in communicating?
2: And we just, we just talk to talk. We don't really think about how it's impacting somebody else. That our language is a gift. It is a gift to be able to communicate. When you say, how do we practice getting out of those thoughts and not being kind to ourselves? Stop looking at that one or two things that you feel are those inadequacies and look at everything
1: else you've been given. And now here's our full talk with Liz Hernandez and the Millennial Women of Los Angeles. We're so happy to be here in Los Angeles with all of you amazing women. And this incredible woman sitting next to me radio and TV host and creator and founder of Wordiful, everyone, Liz Hernandez.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for being here today. You know, this is, I always say the most proud moment I have is when I look out and I see women in the audience because you're all here to better yourselves. You're really here. You're doing this for yourself. And I think that is really something to be proud of.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) For the few of us in here that don't know, what is wordiful? Wordiful stands for words
2: are powerful. And I created this out of lack, out of wanting to teach myself, wanting to remind myself. And it started as a creative space on YouTube, as a webisodes, and I would take one word and remind myself the power that our words carry, the energy that they have when we speak to ourselves and when we speak to others. And what's so funny is a lot of times we create things out of necessity, something that we need for ourselves. Believe it or not, even after all my years in radio and television, I get a lot of words wrong. A lot of them.
1: Yes. (laughs) I don't believe it. You're so perfect.
2: (laughs) The mind would have you believe that, yeah. No, but there's a lot of things that I mispronunciate, especially growing up with Latin parents who pronunciate a lot of things wrong. And, you know, there I'll give you an example, so funny. So one of the words I say wrong, or I used to say wrong, was resonate. You know, it's a really powerful word that we use a lot. That resonated with me. I used to say, resignate, as in quitting or leaving or... And I was really embarrassed because I was in an interview one time with Amy Schumer, who loves to poke fun at people. (laughs) Luckily, she let me off the hook. But I said, that really resonated with me. And she's like, resonated? And I was like, I said it wrong in my (laughs) head. (laughs) So Wordiful is not only a platform for me to learn and to be mindful of what I speak to myself and to others, but it was also a way to reconnect with The audience that has supported me for so long in Los Angeles, you know, 10 years of being on radio and just feeling so appreciative of every person that tuned in to listen to us every day. And I just thought, you know, my parents were really instrumental with their words. They used them to inspire us, to uplift us, to motivate us. What if I could do that not only for myself,
0: but for other people? And Wordful was created. I want to know a little bit about the journey that led you there and sort of like, what was that aha moment to say, I need to start something like waterfall. I started to
2: feel a little bit out of alignment with what I was doing, where I was showing, you know, you go through this idea of what success looks like. And I got into radio because I loved communicating and I loved music and what i loved about sharing my story or our stories as a neighborhood you know it was big boys neighborhood was when we talk about life the phones would light up and people would say me too or i get it or girl you better break up with him or whatever it was and there was that connection we related to each other we understood each other i always compare my time on radio is like the character of friends. You saw everything they went through, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it was really great because you felt like you were a part of our lives, but we were a part of yours as well. And we celebrated Laker parades and everything you could imagine. And I missed that so much where I went from sharing my own thoughts and my own ideas to now reading scripts. And it was thoughts and ideas about celebrities' lives. And it didn't, feel good. You know, I was on this trajectory of like, oh, here I go from, you know, Power 106 to MTV to E! News to Access Hollywood. And I am so grateful. I got to do so many amazing things and have so many tremendous experiences. What I gravitated towards was the communication part. And I just felt myself sometimes like I said, out of alignment where I don't want to talk about this person's divorce. I don't want to talk about whose heart just got broken. I want to talk about what is my message out into the world. So anyway, I would come home and gripe about this. We all gripe about our jobs, right? Like if I have to do one more, you know, the family story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was just tired. And at the same time, when I was feeling this, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she slowly started to lose her vocabulary. And she was at the point where she was about 50% of it was gone, but she was holding on to key phrases like, I love you. Thank you. Every time she said my name, my heart melted. I just thought, wow, how much power do we have in communicating? And we just, we just talk to talk. We don't really think about how it's impacting somebody else. And like I said, my parents always, when we'd sit at the dinner table, my dad was always telling us, you can be anything. What do you want to do with your life? You know, reach for the stars. I've already done the hard work. And all of those little factors played into, let me create a platform where I can use my words to be powerful, or I can teach myself, or I can honor my mother. Because I now understand that our language is a gift. It is a gift to be able to communicate. You know, you think about what if you could no longer tell the person you loved how you felt about them. Think about that. Or you couldn't express to somebody when you were angry or happy or whatever emotion it is that you feel. It's truly a gift that we just take for granted. So I tried to be mindful and not taking advantage of it. And again, that's by being kind to myself when I speak and being kind to others when I, when I talk.
1: That's really powerful. We definitely believe in that and in being intentional and in being mindful, although it's pretty difficult. It is very hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I often find um, myself, you know, I th- and I don't think I'm, I'm a solo in this. I'm sure you can agree and just regurgitating words, you know, of what I'm hearing. So if, if you follow um, us on Instagram, I've been kind of having this um, challenge with not using the word guys. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just like a personal thing for me because I always hear it. Hey, guys, what's up, guys? What are you guys doing? You know? And so it's been like a challenge, you know, definitely to remove that from my personal um, vocabulary. But in this topic of being mindful and intentional, what are some of the advice? that we can get from you and how to really own that and really respect that that responsibility we have when we speak. Uh,
2: First, I commend you on trying to get rid of guys because I don't do that either. It's funny you say that because it recently was brought to my attention. And I don't do, you know, people, we turn our Instagram around, our our, our Instagram camera around. We say, hey, guys, it's It's automatic. It's automatic because we hear the rest of the social media world doing that same thing. My word is like. I try to eliminate that from my vocabulary because it dummies down to me. This is my opinion. It dummies down or it dilutes the message. It's like putting extra water into something that is potent, that we want it to be strong when we say it. I could say to you, I like love like this look. Or I could just tell her, I love this look. You look beautiful. But we just throw in like because it's a crutch word. It allows us to get our words together, our thoughts together. And again, it's just, let's slow down. Let's just think about it. Let's process it a little bit. So for me, that's really important. What was the other part of your question? Sorry. No, you're answering (laughs) it. To slow down and to, how to be mindful oh, and Oh, to be mindful, yes. So I just learned this lesson the other day and I had to learn it quite difficultly. <laughs> See, is difficultly a word? <laughs> it's quite difficult and how I had to learn it. I write every day in a gratitude journal, every morning. It's part of my daily ritual. I wake up, I read from a prayer book and I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And even this morning, I wrote down how grateful I was to be coming to this event to be able to share what I do for a living and what I love, and that there are people out there that appreciate it. What a gift, right? Something to be really grateful for. So the other day, I was in the shower and I was allowing those thoughts to come in, you know, the crazy negative ones where I was thinking, oh my gosh. My mom, I'm gonna lose my mom. Oh my god, it's gonna make me sad. You know, um, you think it's nothing can replace a parent's love, you know? So you just it's a fear. We all have that fear of losing a parent. And so I was thinking about that, and I think I was thinking about it so hard because I was dealing with a relationship coming to a close and I was thinking, oh my god, this is so awful, like why is this happening? and it just felt so overwhelming like i couldn't breathe and i shut the shower off and i was almost like hunched over and i was sobbing like couldn't catch my breath and i've always been that person and this was a valuable lesson who's i never understood when people blamed god or were upset with god when you know that you'd hear about people losing a child especially and they say I, I don't believe in god anymore how could god do this to me or you know something of that nature and in that moment, I said, Why are you out loud? Why are you being so mean? Because in my head, I was trying to rationalize with myself, right? I was like, I'm going through all this because my soul's here to evolve. This is all happening for a reason. I was trying to fill myself with all that good stuff that I've gotten from tons of self help books. <laughs> but it just felt like blah, blah, blah in my head. And I was so, when you're in the thick of that emotion, nothing anyone says to you is compensating. For that heavy feeling, and as I said out loud to God, "How can you be so mean?" It was as if the seven to who knows nine years now that I've been writing in a gratitude journal. It was as if it just came pouring, like like God just downloaded the file into my whole body and was like, "Remember all these things you said you were grateful for." As soon as I said it, I re- like, like I
3: was like,
2: <laughs> I regretted it. And I felt embarrassed because. My mom is in her seventies and she's still here and I have her and I get to kiss her and hug her and nuzzle my face into her neck when I want to. And I've had a beautiful life with her and a relationship. It was a grand love that I got to experience. I got to do things with this person and it has brought me so much I don't cry out of sadness, I cry at of happiness. Like, wow, what what a feeling of gratitude. And here I was again boohooing because I was like, oh, woe is me. <laughs> just, and again, it felt like you know, I was losing two loves at the same time. But when I refocused, because again, where you put your, wherever you, whatever you focus on expands. The only thing I could see was what I was losing. I didn't see. Everything I had. Here I was in the shower, crying in my house in Los Angeles, <laughs> with my little French bulldog sitting in the air conditioning, with you know, I can work from my house. I've had my mother, I've had this grand love. I I could name all I could just go up in my gratitude journal and start flipping through the five years, God, longer than that, that I've been writing in it. And it was just that reminder. I felt so, like I said, embarrassed because I was focusing on these two little lacks, and they're big lacks, but imagine all the abundance I've been given. And so when you say, how do we practice getting out of those thoughts and not being kind to ourselves, stop looking at that one or two things that you feel are those inadequacies and look at everything else you've been given legs to walk, arms to hug, a mind to think, the fact that you can dress yourself every day, the fact that you can order off a menu using your own mind, because I've seen that all taken away from somebody. Those are the ways we have to, and I get it, when you're in it and you're feeling like I'm not lovable, who's going to like me because I've got this going on or that going on, send that whatever it is on your body that you pick apart Send it love every day. And it's hard, but send it love because that piece of your body is getting you through your day. It's putting you in the car. It's taking you down the street. It's making you breakfast. It's, it all works together.
0: Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, we really, we appreciate that. What an honor to get to actually, Yeah. I mean, I was getting like emotional. I was like, I, I cannot cry right now. I think it's it resonates so much with everyone. Well, we're all there, right? So it could be from from a parent to even losing a job to lose. I mean, I mean there's so many things that, oh, yeah. that we go through. And it's it's brave of you to share that because it makes us feel like when we doubt God sometimes that we're not alone. Because sometimes you do have that moment. And like how you said, why are you being so mean? Right. And it gave me a whole
2: new empathy for people. Because I used to be a little judgmental. You know, I just be like, "How can they question God?" But that, I used to think like that too. <laughs> yeah. But in that moment, I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it," because <laughs> it felt like, "Why am I being tested like this?" And again, it's where I was the one submitting myself to that pain. It's like I wasn't looking at everything I've been blessed with. I was being a brat. I was like. How dare you? You know, <laughs> how could you do this to me? Yeah, no. And so I think it's really important that, again, even in what we are picking apart with ourselves, that we focus on the things we do like about
0: ourselves and the things that we do appreciate about life. Does anybody want to jump in on this on this topic? Yeah. Oh, Diana. <laughs> Hi. Hi, so Liz, it's so
4: great to see you and girls, it's great to see you. Hi. Uh, morning ritual is such a huge thing. And I think that is the foundation of a success blueprint for any and all of us. So I'd love for you to unpack a little bit more of what your morning ritual looks like. So in addition to writing, you know, your words of affirmation or what you're gratitude, you know, grateful for, what are do do the things to set you off or kick you off? I should say. Thank
2: you for asking. As uh, soon as I wake up, I give thanks. Just grateful to open my eyes. And I take a moment to always look, my dog sleeps next, like on the little floor next to me. So we usually do this thing where we look at each other and, you know, and I sometimes let him up on the bed, (laughs) not supposed to. Uh, But then I go into meditation and I take that because once we get up out of the bed, there's always something to distract us. You have to go to the bathroom. You got to go do this. You got to do that. And so I take just at least 10 to 15 minutes to close my eyes, say thank you, and to meditate. And sometimes I fall back to sleep, uh, but usually I feel energized. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to start my day. And I go straight to it. My ritual is I go grab my, I have the old school pot, put hot water in it. I'm literally going to give you my rundown. I always (laughs) drink a big glass of water to clean all my organs and make my coffee. And as soon as my coffee's ready, I sit down and I have two prayer books and I have a gratitude journal. And I read from a prayer book. It's a a daily devotion. Which one? It's Marianne Williamson's daily devotion. I read from that. I then journal my three things that I'm grateful for. And then I read from Joyce Meyer's Confident Woman. Are we writing this down? (laughs) Everybody take notes. Give me a pen. And those have been, that is my mantra. I, oh, and this might be a little tedious, but this is really what I believe helps me move forward every single day to do my best. I write seven affirmations every morning. And my seven affirmations are for my mind, my body, my soul, my family, my relationships, my business, and my money. I know it sounds like a lot, but again, because the ego is so strong in telling us what is going on, you know, what's wrong with us, or it's always combative. I try to invite in that good energy. So I write, you know, my mind is healthy. My mind is joyful. My mind is at ease. My mind is productive. My mind is creative. My mind is positive. And same for my body. My body is healthy. My body's energetic. And it's so crazy because I remember one time I was working out and I was jump roping and I was so tired and I just went straight to my affirmation. My body is energetic. My body is productive. My body is... And it really does. It It's almost like it goes into autopilot, especially if you write them every day. It's like listening to the same song every day. You're going to start humming it after a while. That's what affirmations are. I know it does it in, in the beginning. You're going to be like, I don't buy into this. You got to fake it till you make it. Pretty soon you're going to... It's like hardwiring your brain. Writing things out is so powerful. And so again, that's why every day as much as it seems like a task, I try not to make it that day. way. I try to remind myself and it's crazy because the things that I've written for work, a lot of those things have manifested because I write it and I let it go.
1: Yeah. I think it's really, we're talking a lot about internal dialogue. I love this message that words are powerful and that's definitely the message of Wordiful, which I, I, it really resonates with me a lot. Um, as much as they are very powerful, they also have the power to hurt us, mm. even damage us. Yes. And I'm a big believer. It's not really what you're saying; it's how you're saying it. And I think a lot of people um, don't approach it like that. They kind of, well, I'm just being real, and they kind of give you these um, excuses. I'm
2: dealing with that right now. Oh,
1: can you I, talk about it? Because yes. I, I, I'm Let's actually. Talk about yeah. this. this is
2: these are the days I'm, I feel like I get tested because. Here I am saying how powerful words are. And I know, the thing is, I always tell people, when people tell you mean things, it's not about you, it's about them, it's about what they're going through. And I know that. It doesn't mean the words hurt any less when they're said to us. And something was said to me that hurt my feelings so bad that it was just ringing in my head. And it's like it had poisoned my whole body. I felt it like going through all my veins and that was all I could think about. And it was like the hamster on the wheel where it was like... (laughs) Yes. And it was really starting to pull me apart because it was someone I cared about that told me this. And, you know, there's that part of you that in the beginning, I think I was in shock when they first said it and then I got emotional and then I went to the logic of, well they said this because this is really their fear or they're not happy with themselves. And, you know, you go through all of that. But I think that is what I'm trying to learn now with this lesson, because it's crazy. Someone can do an action that can hurt us. They can kick us, right? And the pain goes away after a while. We have a bruise to show for it. And then after a while, we don't feel it anymore. Words get planted in us like seeds, and we water it day after day and it grows and it grows. And before you know it, it's just we're locked in it. And it's a part of who we are now. And that's why it's really important to kind of cut it at its, at its stem when it's not healthy. And so that's what I'm actually trying to do right now. What I had to sit and figure out was what's wounded in me that this resonated so much? You know, one of my friends gave me a really great example. They said, if someone came up to me and said, oh, you're horrible, you hate dogs and you beat them. He was like, I would be like, oh, I'm sorry, you have the wrong person because I know that's not my truth. But if someone came up to me and says, you know, when you talk sometimes you have this, I don't know, bitchy way of saying things. And maybe sometimes you do. And so you're like, well, I don't know. Maybe I just feel this way sometimes because there's a little bit of truth to that to where you know that resonates in you, right? Or that resides in you. So what this person said to me, yeah, it stung me because I care about the person, but did it sting me because maybe that's really a fear inside of me? Maybe that's a story that I'm creating in my head. Or maybe that's something I have to look down, dig down deeper and to not let it be. I should be so confident in who I am and the real qualities of who I am, that when someone says something that's hurtful to me, I should be able to be like, you know, that's that's OK. I should. And I'm working on that. But I think it's all a process. You know, I I don't think you ever get to the place where. When someone you love says something to you and you just be like, I can wipe it off. That's why it does take the work. It does take the meditating, the praying, the gratitude journaling, because those are all of our shields. Those are what makes us strong. Those are what make us uh, more flexible. You know, I think of like the matrix where you can just Mm kind of like lean back and go past and let the words pass fly you or not let them really sink deep into your soil. Oh, go
0: ahead. (laughs) We're
2: vibing, that's why.
0: (laughs) But it's funny that that you said that about the words about saying you got the wrong person. Our dad used to say that to us because in school, um, I used to get, you know, bullied and made fun of a lot. And they used to call me weird and all these things because I was always a very happy girl and I had big dreams. And I'm like, I'm going to move to L.A. and I'm going to do this. And like all these crazy things like, yeah, you're weird, you're stupid, you're this, you're that. And my dad used to say that. That's not you have the wrong person. That's not Melissa Krakachi. I don't know who you're talking about, but she's not stupid and she's not weird and all of these things. I actually want to open the floor again. Has anybody experienced something like this and were you able to overcome it?
5: Yes. I I
6: believe we all go through this and um, you are speaking my language, girl. (laughs) Literally, we just had a conversation where I talked about the Matrix. So that's weird. (laughs) I saw you two turn in like, (gasps) I was like, this is, no, literally everything you're talking about, I was like, we just talked about this like right before this. So... Some crazy frequency happening. Uh, we're on the same radio station. <laughs> so for me, uh, yeah, I'm very much about if you point a finger, point it back at you, and it's not about being like I'm going to be a vic- like make myself feel like crap. It's actually empowering when you say like, what is it that's hitting for me? I think that when we shift that story of it's not bad. Like this is a journey for all of us, and a lot of the things that are those limiting beliefs are those horrible. Fears we have or shitty things we think—it's like that's not our authentic self. It's just like wounds we have or warriors, right? And most of the time, those come up in relationships or family. How our family—it's like you know—it's like that whole thing we all talk about in those books and therapy and all that. (laughs) But we got to be honest with ourselves because the more we create defense mechanisms around it and we fight people, it's like we're really fighting ourselves. And I actually, I recently also dealt with something at work where. Literally a person was like trying to kick me out. And I felt so gross. Like it went against, he was bringing things up that I knew were not true and it was against my integrity and all that. And at a certain point I had to say, yeah, can I get to a place of neutral with this and detachment and also trust in the universe that things will fall the way they need to fall? Because guess what? I'm worthy of it. I'm valuable. And I deserve for all my dreams to come true, whether it be in this scenario that I thought in my head would work Or maybe that's tunnel vision and there's something even better out there that I'm not seeing, right? And then also sending those people that are negative or giving us the bad vibes, just light and love, light and love, you know, and that's all you can do. And then you're coming from a place of truth and possibility and openness.
2: Well, I always say forgiveness is the only way out. Yeah. And you don't have to like someone you forgive, but you do have to forgive, not for them, but for yourself. Totally. Because you are the
6: one carrying that extra weight around. It becomes such a distraction when you're carrying around that negative energy. Or even like I check myself right now when I'm dealing with a situation, and I'm not or gossiping about her and saying, oh my God, can you believe what happened? And I have to go, how long have you been talking about this? Or on the hamster wheel. And it's like a muscle. And the more you're aware of it, the less, hopefully, the less you do it. And then the more those abs can show instead of you like, it's like feeding yourself sugar versus. Eating something more healthy.
2: I always say, you know, it's it's interesting because there's two ways to look at gossip. They say gossip is how women bond, right? But I always try to remind myself, because it's so easy, and sometimes it feels so fun, or it's just like the thing you do to engage. Like, oh, did you hear? Uh, But I try to remind myself, how would I say what I'm about to say if that person was sitting next to me? Really, it's, and it's something you should try and practice, Because here's the thing, you have to, practice makes perfect. You can't just apply it sometimes, like, but girl, I have to tell you this story. (laughs) It's something you have to do in your daily life. And you start to feel better about yourself because you're instilling willpower to do the right thing.
7: I feel like my question is, is I have someone who I dearly care about. And we're both on this journey of improving ourselves and understanding ourselves and being comfortable and confident, whatever, all that fun stuff. But I feel like that person is more in that advanced than I am. And I feel like when we talk about it, it's like igniting all of my flaws. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because you're on that, even though we're on the same journey of improving ourselves, it's still a different path. And I think I don't know how to... You tell them, run your own race. I do, but yeah. I feel like it's coming from, I know it's coming from love and like we both want that improvement from myself and see like the outcome of whatever the outcome is. It's just, I don't know how to s- separate or acknowledge or not to be mad about it. Have you communicated to the person? Oh, we had this conversation so many times. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to navigate it, but I know that's coming from with myself, of, like, understanding, like, yeah, that person could do this, and that's fun, and I tell them that, but they want to be, they want me to be there with them too, but we're two different people, so I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I think some of the most powerful communication comes from
2: just listening,
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that would be my, my advice is to ask that person to not bestow their own advice onto you, right. but just to simply listen to your small victories and your big victories right. and the things that you're accomplishing for you. Because again, you are running your own race and they're in, their, they're in your lane and they need to go back into their lane. And it's great to be supportive and to cheer from the sidelines, but sometimes we don't need everyone to give us advice. Yes, sometimes we just need our friends to listen. <laughs>
7: Yes, yeah, I like can aggressive. Support. I'm like, whoa, just <laughs> <laughs> I get it.
6: And I the only reason
2: why I can give this advice is because I do that to one of my little girlfriends who I love so much. And I finally got it. You know, I'm I turn into mother bear where I want to be able to protect her and tell her, like, why are you doing that still? Why did you send that text? Why? We've gone over this. Look at all this progress you've been making. And I want her to already be, you know. There, I want her to already evolve. And I realized this is her journey. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to let the person crash the car. Sometimes you have to let them run off the track sometimes because that's the only what's the best experience when we learn it ourselves. And she's going at her own pace. And what I realize is that she needed me to listen the way she does to me. And that, you know, the way I sit there and I tell her my boohoo's and she just listens and tells me, friend, you're great and I'm here for you. And I wasn't reciprocating that I because I love her so much. I just wanted to protect her. So I thought the best way to protect her was to tell her, do this, do this, do
0: this. No, being a good friend is sometimes just showing up and listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could definitely relate to that. I mean, being sisters, I'm the oldest and I'm the oldest of three. So with Stephanie in particular, I was always like, why are you doing this? And mother, it mothering was too her. much. Yeah.
1: It was too much. Well, and you
2: know what's
0: really Taught. great
2: too, is that sometimes when we don't say anything, it allows the person time to hear what they're saying. And they hear their own cuckoo-ness. <laughs> or, or they hear their own where they're messing up. And sometimes you ever hear like, you're like, I just had to say it out loud. I just had to talk it out. And sometimes when you don't interrupt them, They figure it out themselves. Because here's the thing. We all have our own answers. Nobody has downloaded our lives. We're the only ones who have lived every moment, blinked every time, tasted everything, walked every step. So we know ourselves inside and out. We know all the answers and what is right for us. We
0: just ask advice purely for the support of really wanting someone to listen and be there. So when you say that, I love that you said that. It's like we have all the answers. Um, I don't know if anybody here can relate to that. That is something I struggled with for a long time of actually trusting myself and that every decision that I make or every move that I make is is the right one because I doubt myself all the time. It's something that's actually very debilitating to my life. And I've worked very hard to overcome. it. Sometimes it's still there. Yeah. walk with it. And I'm like, okay, friend, we're just going to, you know, we're going to walk together and then you're going to go away for a little bit. (laughs) Um, and anyone can jump in on this, on this as well, but how do you deal with that self-doubt and how do you sort of like go through that process? You have to get quiet. That's the only way you can hear yourself. You
2: have to, you know, everyone has a different process. I don't know if it's just turning your phone. Cause here's the thing. We don't allow anything to process anymore. We're in our phones. You know, I was just talking about this last weekend, how we go into the bathroom without our phone and we feel like we're on a planet. Like, is anybody there? It's like, we don't know what to do with ourselves because we can't even be alone with our thoughts. It feels so alienating. When we're in line at a Starbucks or wherever just to get a coffee and there's three people in front of us, do we sit there and think, what do I want to do today? What makes me happy? How's my day going? Nope, we're in our phones. We're scrolling up. And you never allow yourself time to process anything. And so for me, it's really important to meditate. Meditation is where I get all my answers. It's where I get the most clarity in my life. And it's also from really sitting down and asking myself, what do I want? What do I not want? and drawing the line in the sand for myself. Because if I don't have that list of the, what I do want and what I don't want, I'm going to let people walk all over me or someone else tell me what I want or what I accept or what is good enough for me if I don't already have the set of rules for myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, over here. <laughs> Hi. Hi
3: there. I just wanted to add um, really slowing down I feel it's really important. Um, within the last like year and a half, I have started doing that myself. I also started meditating and I've meditated for a year and a half every day. And that's really, really helped. Um, I was always very quick to respond to things. And sometimes I would say things and think about it later, like, gosh, that's not the way I meant it. Or that's not how I wanted to express myself. So now I take the time and if I have to take a minute or two to respond, I take it just because I, I don't want to come across a certain way or I want to be sure and express myself to the other person like I really wanted to without hurting someone's feelings or um, just making sure that it, it wasn't way too fast. No, I think that's really
2: great because we do live in a society now of instant gratification. Right. Someone texts us and we feel like such a jerk if we don't text them back within 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, you left me on red. What? (laughs) (laughs) Where sometimes you need to process the information because you're going to end up saying things you regret. Yeah. And you can't take those things back. Right. It's done. It's permanent. It's there. And I I think that's a really great point you brought up. And for me... When I have those big life questions, or I have the uncertainty, or I'm searching for clarity, getting quiet. And even if you don't know how to meditate, just sit with your eyes closed, put your phone in another room and just sit with yourself for 10 minutes. Fill your body, feel your mind. See, because as soon as you close your eyes, you'll realize we all have monkey mind. It's so hard to slow down the brain and it's going a million miles per hour. And that's why it's, so people always say like, I can't meditate. I've got too many thoughts, but you're the people that need it the most. (laughs) You know, you really got to tune in or even just praying because praying takes you out of, again, just the thought process of what you got to get done, what you're not doing right. What's any of that? Just the chaotic noise that's always going on in our brains. Anybody else have
1: any other? Yeah. If you could just pass down the mic.
8: (laughs) Hi. 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 Um, So this is actually kind of going back to the previous topic. I don't mean to change it up, but communicating with others. And I think in general, I try to be very mindful of how I communicate, how I feel about things so that I don't hurt anyone else. But right now, I'm in an interesting situation with someone who's very close to me, who all of a sudden is starting to exert passive aggressiveness, Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how to address it. And I've actually told her, I think we need to talk, but I don't know what to say yet. So I'm wondering if you have any, any ideas on how to address that with someone who you know cares, but may not even know that they're doing it.
2: I know for me, when I've been in situations like that, I take, again, time to get quiet. And I get really clear on what I need my message to be. Because there's probably 10 things you could say, but what is that one thing you want to say? And how can you communicate that in a way that is loving, in a way that gets your point across and in a way that can be understood to where if you put yourself in their position, they'll get it. And so I think just that it's just being really clear with yourself about what it is that needs to be communicated because it's easy. Like usually when, you know, think of, or even try journaling it out because sometimes when we let it go, it's like, all of a sudden we have 10 pages and we're like, God, I had a lot to say, you know, women by nature, we, I think we use like 20,000 words a day (laughs) and men only use 10. That's why when when we come home, we're like, I'm only halfway through my day. I want to talk more. And men are just like quiet, (laughs) but uh, just try writing it out. Or again, just getting quiet with yourself and
1: thinking what it, what it is that you really, really want to say? I love that you're saying to take a minute to really get to what exactly you want to say. Um, personally, I've been that one to like, Oh, write back really quickly. And then I go back to the whole paragraph that I just wrote. And then instantly I'm like, well, I could have said that. And that would have been better, which is wrong. You know? Um, but I love that that you should take a minute. What is it that I really want to say? well, and,
2: that, and when you 're react sorry when you 're
1: reacting, anytime we 're reacting we 're not seeing all of
2: our options right I mean that 's really important to remember because there's that way, there 's this way, but there 's always another way that we 're not thinking about, mm-hmm. and usually sometimes that takes us twenty four hours to be like ah i 'm not as mad anymore, okay, that makes sense, or someone tells us a story, and we 're like oh, that's what they meant. As opposed to, oh, here's my ego. I have to respond and I have to be right and I have to get in there and I need to tell them what's really up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always in defense mode. It's
0: Mm -hmm. funny because that's what I was just about to say. It's always based off of your ego. And I know you know who Dr. Wayne Dyer is and he's always said it's edging God out and it's so true and you do have to take a a minute. I did see your hand raised. (laughs) But yeah, ego is, yeah, no, no. no.
5: Hi. 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 So I don't know what the lady in the blue. Hi. (laughs) I always try to, I think there's three sides to every story. There's my perspective. There's the other person's perspective. And then there's the truth. So thinking about it as if we're looking on a stage, we can, right now we're all looking at them sitting there, but my perspective is very different from your perspective over there. Your perspective is very different from the person sitting at the table over there. So what I try to do, journaling first off is the most powerful thing for myself. I ask myself, how am I feeling? And then how may that person be feeling? What may that person be going through? Because there's a quote, you never understand another person until you walk two moons in their shoes. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But maybe they're going through something that you don't know about. Maybe there's other things going on in life. Perhaps it doesn't have to do with you. Either way, you don't deserve that passive aggression. But helping and understanding and putting yourself in that person's shoes, I think it's something that we lack nowadays, the empathy. And it allows you to connect. And therefore, when you share that message, you can come through clearer. Saying, I considered this. You may be going through this. This may be happening. This is how I feel. How can we move forward?
2: That's great advice. That was amazing. Like, yeah, and it's hard. I get it because sometimes the other person isn't rational. That they are—they are caught in their own whirlwind of hurt and anger, and they want someone to lash out on. And it's not always easy, you know. And again, that's why it's just so important to never take anything personal. You know, as, as much as we want to respond with anger or words that we can't take back you always want to show up as your best self because then you will never regret
0: your action. That's really good. Anybody else? Hi. Hi. Um, so you mentioned earlier about being intentional and I think you peppered in a little bit about your time or being taking time for yourself to kind of be quiet and be able to connect to yourself. Um, so thinking about your personal life and being able to dictate uh, those moments and finding that time and being able to manage energy between yourself and others you have relationships with, um, but in the corporate world, you're not always on your time. So
3: I guess my question is, how do you advise we manage that and kind of navigate, especially when you're dealing with senior management or just people that you can't really
0: say, "Hey, I need a second to And um, especially in industries. I work in advertising, so it's very demanding and everybody needs everything now. Uh, so how do you recommend navigating that? Well, I love that you started off with intention and I love that you
2: brought up Dr. Wayne Dyer because he's one of my favorite teachers. And I, be, I believe it begins with just practicing your own, with your own energy, And the way that I do that and the way that I explain intention for people that don't truly understand or get it, Dr. Wayne Dyer gave this beautiful example and he says, imagine at night you go to sleep and when you sleep, you dream. And when you dream, you go to heaven and in heaven, you pick a beautiful and rare flower. And when you awake, you're holding that flower. Do you really believe that is possible? raise your hand. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad not a lot of people raised your hand because this stool I'm sitting on, this WeWork space, this event, the shirt you are wearing, the chair you are sitting in was somebody's dream. It was just an imagination thought they had in their mind because that space that is heaven that is our thinking space that is our connection to something higher than us and so with that being said at night i set an intention for my next day cuz it's really easy at night to just to be on our phones and making ourselves feel bad about what we don't look like or what we don't have or whatever i didn't get enough likes or my numbers are going down and how is this possible and we do all that dumb stuff what does it matter what matters is how my day's going to look tomorrow, how I'm going to feel tomorrow. So I set the intention. I close my eyes at night and I say, because again, it's just like the person that dreamed up the beautiful earrings you're wearing. They envisioned those and now they're in physical form on your ears. So I ask myself, how do I want to feel tomorrow? Like I envision my day. I envision what I want to feel like. What do I want? And I always say, I always give myself the one big thing I want to accomplish. What's that one thing that I just, because they say, if you want to get things done, tackle the most difficult thing in the morning. Because at least if you get that out of the way, you'll feel accomplished. (laughs) So what is it at work that you want to feel? What is it that you want to accomplish? I would suggest setting that intention at night and creating a vision board for what your dream job looks like. As opposed to telling you, you go in and tell those bosses, because it really starts with you and your energy and how you feel about you and setting the intention for what you want and aligning your personality to
1: it.
0: Thank you. That was so perfect. That was like perfectly said. It was amazing. I, I want to go really quickly into something a little bit uh, more, I guess, towards you personal and your and your mission. What is the one word you wish everybody would remove from their vocabulary? You know, it's it would be so
2: easy for me to say, oh, "I wish we would remove the word hate from our vocabulary" because I, I don't ever use that word. I try to you know, when I, I always say I don't like it or I'm not a fan. But without understanding hate, we can't understand love, right? Or maybe we could. I don't know. I think those, there are those polar opposites. So we can, like, the cold and the heat, you know? I mean, there there's just so many words. Like, I don't like the word ugly or fat or any words that demean us. I wish those could all be eliminated from our vocabulary because they're just not necessary. They're words that we've created to define ourselves in a way that it doesn't serve us as a human race. I think, if anything, it's more of an action. I just wish we could implement more compassion into our lives and yeah I guess the word would be love then you know to actually be able to tell people that we love them even if we don't really know them that well because to me the other thing you know I I was thinking about you and your friend you can't really understand someone until you love them that's true understanding we're only assuming we know the person But to really, really understand someone, you have to love them first. And if you love them, you're going to be understanding.
1: What, in your opinion, is the most powerful word or words?
2: I think love. I really do think that is, because that is what we are. That is where we, what we came from, why we were created. At least that's what I believe. There's so much power when we say it to each other, when we look at each other and say, I love you. And I think, At the end of the day, everything we do from what we want to be with our careers, from the way we do our hair, to the clothes we pick on, to the shoes we wear, it's because we want to be loved. We want to feel accepted and we want to feel that we matter. And so,
0: yeah, love. Does anybody want to share their favorite
8: word? Yeah. (laughs) Me again. (laughs) Um, so actually it's not so much a favorite word as it is an action, Mm -hmm. but one of the things that I've implemented is to just strangers at a bar, at dinner, at school, anywhere that I am, I find people and I tell them something that is going awesome about them. Like that shirt looks amazing on you or, you know, your energy is fantastic. Like I am very big on keen on energy But just saying something positive to someone you don't know, and most of the time the reaction you're going to get is, oh my God, thank you. Because we spend, again, to your point, so much time thinking about what's wrong or that outfit that you put on, the one thing that, oh, I'm not so sure about it. And that's just something that I've started doing because I think we need to spread more of that. So, A recent
2: exercise that I just discovered, and I encourage you all to try it, is to find a younger photo of yourself. And write a letter to that little girl and where you are now. Tell her how proud you are of who you've become, of who she's become, and how everything is going to turn out okay. You know, you're okay, you're alive, you're breathing. I think that's a really, really powerful exercise.
5: Um, I think to answer the earlier question you're talking about words, Um, the word that I think everyone should remove from their vocabulary is should, because we're constantly
2: telling ourselves what we should be and how we should look and how our lives are supposed to go. And if you take away that expectation of what life is supposed to look like and what we should be, then you can kind of cut that off and just accept yourself and your life and everyone around you as they are in the present moment. And that's something like I've been working on in the last you know, few months and years. And it's so powerful to just really live in the present and accept yourself as opposed to constantly trying to change who you are into what you think you are supposed to be or what especially as women, we have been taught since we are little girls that this is how we gain value for ourselves. I and love that. Yeah. I always say should is a shame word. I hate that. You word. should be married by now. You should have this job. You should have kids. You should. Yeah. I always say we're shooting all over ourselves and other people. It's awful.
5: <laughs> so the word that I've been really trying to
0: eliminate and I just said it is the word trying. Am I doing
2: it or am I not doing it? Don't bother saying it if I'm not
0: committed. So instead of saying that I'm trying to doing that, I'm eliminating that word. I am building. I am becoming. There's no trying
5: anymore. It's just doing.
2: No, that is wow. fantastic. That's amazing. I was actually listening to a self help book on the way over here, which I love. Uh, and one of the what the author was saying is always trying our best, right? Because then we live with no regrets. And I thought about that. Again, try not to should myself. I can be waking up earlier to go work out. I, I try to replace should with can or will. Uh, I try to wake up or I can try to wake up earlier to get my workout in, to start my day earlier. Because really, when I think about, did I do my absolute best today? Ooh, I don't know. But that's, I think that's how you live a life with less regret. Because you, up, you know that you showed up every day to shine. Not for anyone else, but for yourself.
4: I am so excited that you guys and girls uh, are using uh, these words because my book that's actually coming out called The Word Diet, uh, which oh. D- Diane and I were talking about earlier, I became a best selling author last year. One of the things that I noticed was questions from people in the way that they asked things were using these words that instantaneously I was like, wait, but you're taking away your power. Mm-hmm. Trying is one of them. Uh, took two years to research other words that we had been using. So there's 27 keywords that women use in particular. So the book that I'm releasing next month is all about that. And should is also on there as one of the shame words. But the two that I would invite everyone here to also incorporate and also remove from their language is just and any version of just which is an apology women specifically women of color we apologize more than anybody else on this planet so if you look at your emails in particular we will start off usually within science shows within the first three sentence oh hi i'm sorry don't mean to bother you or a variation of, hey, I have a really quick question because we don't want to take our space or I just need to ask you X. So if you can take that second to exactly how beautifully you've put Liz to take a second to breathe, figure out what that message is, and put that clarity without the filler words. A, it'll be more powerful. B, you'll get a better response. But C, then you're coming from your aligned power, which then puts you in a different vibration. So that would be one. And then secondly, I would invite you, especially because of the world that we're in right now politically, to use the word hi and hello more often. It is amazing to see, I challenge myself daily to say hello to at least five new people while I'm walking, whether it's I on just the started this yes.
2: when I walk my dog. I used yes. to walk right
4: past my neighbors like don't yes. make eye contact.
2: And I it, there's yes. it's crazy how you shift somebody's mood. Yes. I just say, "Hey, how's it going?" They and look up like, what well, are you talking to me? we like a,
4: a suicide bomber or something. It's like, so crazy. We're sharing the planet. We're sharing yes. a neighborhood, and we don't say hello to each other. And I see that even more so because of where you are. If you are blessed to know them more than one language, celebrate knowing that. If you intuitively have a hit that that person might speak that language, at the very least, they might know the word. Being able, I'm very proud to be Latina as I am Jewish, uh, you know, and I will... Now say and see someone that I know speaks Spanish, "Hola, ¿cómo estás? ¿Cómo le va el día?" I've had people cry. Aww. I've had servers that I've been at these hoity-toity parties because of the life that we are blessed to live where I've taken time to say hello to them and ask them what the best part of their day is, and I've literally had both men and female like either grab me or come back to just tell me how much that made a difference because I was the first person that acknowledged them at that party that entire day. So I share that with all and invite you all to share your beautiful energy with everyone that you share this planet with yes. that you pass Especially
2: our, our oh, Uber and Lyft drivers, you know, a lot yes. of us don't take the time to say hello, to acknowledge a service. And granted, I know we're paying for the service and not everyone's the friendliest, but take the, you never know what's going to come out of that conversation.
0: You never no, but know. but you change their day you know, that acknowledgement. Yeah. I, I mean, she can tell someone. you, even when we would go to fast food restaurants, like a McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and I would, before I order, hi, how are you? And they would stay I'm like, hello. And they're like, hi. And they're just like, they didn't understand what was happening. They're like, what do you want? And I'm like, someone acknowledged my presence. <laughs> yeah. And it's just someone, I mean, I don't know who they are until I get to the window, but it's, it's important to, to value people, yeah. to know that they're worth it, that when you look at them in their eyes, valuable. It's annoying saying, I see you. I acknowledge you. I'm curious was, but a shame word because we tend to say
2: that like, that's a great dress. Oh, but it was on sale or why do we do that? We apologize so much as women. And it makes me sad. You know, I was talking to Angie back there and she said to me, I'm sorry, I'm loud. And I said, girl, don't apologize. Just be you. There's no reason to be apologetic. I used to apologize all the time for being, you saw me, I was about to cry, or I did cry, uh, for being sensitive. I say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sensitive. No, I'm passionate and I feel very deeply. As sad as I get, I also love that deep and I celebrate that deep. So I'm not gonna apologize for the times I cry because I also know how to party,
1: you know? Or even using the but word to like detour, like when somebody's giving you a compliment. Like I love your hair. Oh, but really? Or like it sounds but. like a
2: backhanded compliment, no, almost. No. Or it's—I don't know. It just seems very negative. Anytime we put it into a sentence, so I always try to replace
4: "but" with "and." Yes, that's or exactly taking a pause. What we talk about in the book, because that is what we do as women: is we will create something, and it could be the most beautiful idea, and then we negate it just in case that person rejects it. It's a psychological. A ticker for us to say, I'm going to get it first. So ah, I have this great idea, Safety, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine. Or, but yep. I right. got this on sale. But so
0: just in case, quote unquote, just. We have the parachute to pull. <laughs> yes. That is so me. I apologize for everything. I'm sure you probably know because I've done it to you before. <laughs> but I'm like known for that because I never want to... I don't know, make anybody uncomfortable or I just feel like everybody's judging me and I'm just like, it's okay if you don't want to do this or, and it's terrible because I'm not, I'm not putting myself like valuable. Well, and also you're not giving the other person the opportunity
4: to receive your gift. So when we apologize for our light and dimming who we are, which Liz has now shown us who her light is, it makes everyone more comfortable to be themselves. But when we show up with apology, we then now make the other person subconsciously feel that they too shouldn't show up in their full light, right? So it becomes this, like, I'm going to kind of compete with you. I don't know. Are you accepting me? Are you not? Maybe this is too much. Okay, I'll just back this up, yeah. right? So, but if we take that all away and we take those filler words, as again, using those words that empower, it's being in a situation then when you become that light for that person as opposed to being an en- energy vampire for that person. That
2: there is good. a sense of unworthiness, too. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I offending you? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, did I stop by? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, sorry. Oh, it's it's just... Feeling that you are worthy and you deserve to be given the space you need to breathe and to make flubs and to make mistakes and not be apologetic and just to be who you are. I think that's the biggest thing is just be you and don't make any apologies for it.
8: So the other day I was talking to my boyfriend and he heard me say I'm sorry a couple times and he goes, OK, here's what we're going to do. The next time you want to say, I'm sorry, I want you to replace it with, I'm sexy. <laughs> yep. And I started doing it, and it was amazing. That's it hilarious. was amazing. And even if it's just in my head, before I say, I'm sorry, I say, I'm sexy, and it's awesome. Love it. it
2: totally. Power makes of words. It. There you have it. Exactly.
8: And I just thought that was awesome. And the other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, you said that just by saying hi or acknowledging someone that you could change their day, Mm -hmm. but they can also change your day. Oh, yes. Because if you see someone and you take a minute to just get to know, just a minute to just get to know that person, say, how are you doing? And you start a conversation, you never know what you're going to get from it. So I always think of it as a two-way street. I love making people feel worthy and feel like they've been seen. But a lot of the time, I get back a lot more than I end up giving. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. That's why I said, you know, say hi to your Uber drivers or your Lyft drivers. Because, you know, I've been taken to the airport and I asked a guy what he does for a living. And he's telling me how, you know, he's struggling to make it. He's supporting his. And he was really smart. He was going to, to school and trying to get his degree. And at the same time, he was trying to help his. They just had a newborn. And as soon as he dropped me off at the airport, I was so happy to leave him a tip. You know, you can do the tip options now because I just thought, wow, you know, it, the sincerity in his voice and how hard he was working and he was working like five jobs. And I just thought if I could just do my li- and I would never have known that had I not struck up conversation.
1: But it's also I mean, we are definitely definitely living in this social media era so as much as we are social, we've kind of become a little anti-social.
2: Oh yeah, I say we're more we're more connected than ever and we're the most
1: disconnected with ourselves and each other. Right. And I I definitely love that and just like being out there using our words, communicating and that that importance that human connection is so so important.
2: Well, you've probably missed your dream guy because you were on your phone looking down, you know, <laughs> or you've probably missed so many opportunities to connect with people yeah. because you've been like this, yeah, right. as opposed to looking up at your life. Yeah. And so that's why, again, I try to be really mindful to stay off my phone and to actually absorb my environment. What's going on? Who here can I meet? Who here can I speak to? Because life is not happening in here. It's nothing but a video game. It's just, it's a, it's not real. This is real. You don't get to relive this. Mm
0: -hmm. What is your, what would you love to see uh, or what would you like to achieve with Waterfall? What would be like your biggest triumph with it?
2: You know, on the way here, actually, I think I was coming down Wilshire and I saw this building and on the top, I took a picture of it. It said, wonderful. And I thought, that's going to be Waterfall Studios one day. Oh, I love that. And my dream is to actually be able to tell other people's stories mm-hmm. to really that I mean that, that was a part of when I set the intention when I created wordiful was that eventually I would invite other people to come and talk about words that are meaningful to them and their experiences because it's really a there's so much power in being able to share our stories because that's when we relate and we connect so my big dream yes mm-hmm. wordiful studios one day this was really this is, you're awesome. amazing
0: thank you Thank you so much, Liz. We, thank you for being here. Thank you, I really Melissa Stephanie. It. I
2: appreciate your time and
1: your space. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more on the power of words and how to use them with love and positivity, follow at Wordiful and at Liz Hernandez on Instagram.
0: Let's stay connected. Follow us at We Are Millennia Women on Instagram and Facebook to follow our journey as we hear the voices of the women of our generation and uncover the challenges we face, as well as how to overcome them. Visit us at wearemillennialwomen.com to get your tickets to a Millennial Women Talk, a live podcast meetup event in a city near you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and
1: encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Always remember to keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW, always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcace.